0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another infamous, or maybe famous, depending on what happens after this live stream of faking filmation. My name is Rob McCallum, the face and the beard that you've come to recognize and embrace over the last couple months. As we as we start this journey to discover what is going on with the unofficial cartoon, the return of Faker, and one man's dream to see it released out into the public, as well as chronicling the evolution of cartoon history with particular notice to that lovely studio, Filmation itself. We're gonna get into all that, plus a little bit more, including Masters of the Universe, Revelation, the brand new trailer that dropped recently from showrunner Kevin Smith. But I don't wanna talk and bore you just by myself. You've already got that before, and I saw the metrics. Not good. Let's bring in my good friend, Mr. James E. Talk to liven up this and and pay off all you all you lovely people out there. That's why you're here. Here he is. Here's the man. All
1: right. I just wanted to be Because <laughs> you <laughs> said, like, liven up. Boom! Fireworks!
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> there Hello, we go. How you doing? Hello, everybody. Good. It's It's been a while. Uh, we we ended the campaign for Faking Filmation earlier, about a month ago, really, at this point, uh, May 6th, on, on Kickstarter. And that was the last time that we had a good rapport back and forth we've texted a bit we've had some emails i know what's happening behind the scenes for you and we're going to share some of that including on this special live stream a snippet from what i understand of some of the new material that you're working on for the return of baker yep it's exciting man it's exciting i i've seen two i've seen two storyboards now that you've sent me we're going to share one today i think and I'm excited to see what people's reactions are. We got people chiming in, of course, in the comments. If you're out there, give us a, a like, a thumbs up, hit subscribe if you want to make sure you're notified the next time James and I decide to go live and tell you everything that's happening with this project, of course. James, what has happened in your life before we get to Masters Universe Revelation? It's what everybody's talking about in the He-Man community, regardless of your, your personal preference. How are you doing? What has your life been like the last four weeks?
1: Um, yeah, good. Like after the um, the, the ridiculous success of uh fake information there was obviously the fallout from that which was just all love uh kumbaya my lord it was all very positive everybody was yeah it was
0: i i didn't get any love oh you didn't so I oh i think you got to share some of that my way my friend
1: okay i'll, I'll copy and paste those messages but, uh,
0: no no, no there, right. was, there
1: was a great deal of people just just congratulating me like even in in the real world i would i would see friends and um they would say, uh, oh my god, I can't believe your kicks. obviously I was posting on, on uh, social media, so I can't believe how well that did, and I was like, I know, right? So um, yeah, it was a reeling from that. I then the last few, like literally after that finished, I was like, right, I better uh, work on these um, new scenes for um, The Return of Faker, the nine new minutes of material, so I kind of sat down, I've been di- I've been creating like little diary entries, so much like this filming myself in front of a lovely wooden door and that's a radiator, believe it or not. Um, so I've just been doing that really, uh, as well as, you know, socializing as London starts to open up again. So that's been nice going for drinks and stuff uh, with real people again. And, uh, what else? I did some eBay sales and yeah, just kind of it all kind of built up to yesterday really with like the, 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 the trailer for revelation, it was kind of like, oh, there's all this stuff going on and boom, oh, this is happening as well. So yeah, it's been um it's been an eventful um few weeks since the campaign ended, definitely, both socially and creatively.
0: I have been playing nothing but catch up since the campaign ended. Running a Kickstarter campaign is really tough. Oh. And we got lucky with ours. Everybody seemed to really embrace it and, and kind of run with it and, and do a lot of the the heavy lifting and of course you were an instrumental part in that taking a lot of stuff off my plate in terms of my responsibility even still once that campaign ended the next day and I started looking at the stuff that I had pushed off and neglected and scheduled for later my month filled up very fast and so it's probably only like really now and within the last few days that I've actually start to feel where I should be in terms of things and I don't have this mountain of responsibility that I've been kind <laughs> of saying oh no I'll get to it later get to it later which is good the stress is gone and uh, it's about pushing forward now and forging ahead and just going back over research. And we'll talk about where I am with the process and what is going on with the with the documentary soon. But when this trailer dropped yesterday, uh, everybody was excited for it. Everybody has been talking about it. And you're one of the flag bearers of the Masters of the Universe community, I like to say. I like to think people ask you what your opinions are. They really yes. listen because you, you dive really deep into it, especially if you're looking to compare the Filmation cartoon to what the powerhouse animation cartoon is is that what it's going to be known as or are we just always going to say the kevin smith one
1: i mean yeah i mean, I, I, I yeah powerhouse is obviously at the studio but it's just one of those things isn't it it's like the, well, we say
0: we say filmation jet lag mike young but kevin yeah, smith, well, I, mean, I, I i wouldn't say
1: i think most people refer to the new Adventures of he-man as new adventures you rarely hear jet lag even mentioned or deke obviously because obviously it was kind of like tied to that slightly but um yeah, and obviously Mike Young is a mixture of 2002 and Mike Young, or 2000, 2000X and Mike Young. I think this will honestly, going forward, Revelation is quite a distinctive set, you know, because it's got that kind of uh, extra bit in the title. I think people just use that to refer to it. But yeah, I don't think Powerhouse will be mentioned that much. Although, that said, um, their, the visuals on this trailer were um, rather good, I think it's, it's fair to say. <laughs>
0: Were you anticipating uh, the need to speak out on this trailer when it dropped, or were you going to let the trailer decide how active you were going to be involved in and in, in the it's, discourse that was happening? Or
1: it's one of those things. There was no real grand plan for it. I did, you know, I had that um, that YouTube geeked out uh, YouTube page. <clears throat> excuse me, that Netflix had. I had that tabbed for a good few days, just sitting there in my browser window. So it's like, yep, counting down. You know, forty-eight hours and seven hours and two hours. I thought, oh, here we go. And, um, yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to react. So I thought, I'm just going to be honest, you know, God, God forbid. Um, and, uh, yeah, when, when the trailer dropped, um, I watched it once and I watched it a second time. And I just felt motivated to just capture that immediate thought, which is grab a bunch of images. Um, if anyone looks at the, <laughs> the, I posted like a little montage, six images. That I was like, oh, brilliant. If you look at the one of Teela charging next to Fisto and Clamp Champ, <laughs> she's got the spinny loady thing on her nose so it's like she's got a weird like bull ring nose piercing it's like damn it it wasn't until i posted that i was like oh james that was maybe you rushed that slightly but anyway i was um yeah very impressed by the the visuals and stuff and then i uh what was the next one i posted then i posted the actual video just in case people couldn't see it i thought given my history of posting official videos it's probably going to be taken down amazingly it wasn't taken down um <laughs> so it's still there make mbc or whoever mattel might like my they must enjoy me having that there, although that's, you know, NBC. So who knows these days? Who owns what? I own everything. Um,
0: <laughs> Disney. There owns it is, us. folks. Yeah. There it is. That's how the documentary starts out. I own everything. I own you heard everything. it here.
1: And Disney owns the planet earth. So we're all under the, 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 house of mouse. Um, what was the other thing? And then the next thing I posted, which obviously pertains to our uh, ongoing project and uh, relationship as it were. Um, when I when I watched the, re-watched the trailer like maybe a third time, I haven't watched it, I probably watched it three or four times in total, watched it a third time, I thought, there's, there's a blue man behind the sorceress holding her, and I was like, that's got to be Faker, and then I kind of went back, and I thought that whole, those shots of the man in the robe on a robotic horse didn't tie up um, with the hero on Battle Cat that we see leaping into action with a smile on his face, this stoic guy um, that many people have rightly pointed out looks like um, Ken from Fist of the North Star with the big, um, who didn't watch the anime in the early 90s, um, just in his, his giant uh, robe kind of thing, just kind of covering himself uh, in shadow. And he takes it off and he's next to Strider, his robotic horse that, hmm, could that be Night Stalker in disguise? Who knows? But it's obvious that, you know, I was like, oh, my God, Faker's in it. And then just as quickly, Faker explode <laughs> so i was like oh but I, I did i did a post and i was very much verbally tongue cheek going well done mattel you beat me to uh, the return of faker i guess but you know it was um it's I, I people said a few people were like oh i'm so angry and it's like no it's well one, we have no right to be angry, because kind of mattel own Faker? A little funny thought there, you know, it's, it's, I don't have ownership over Faker, no matter what people think. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm happy to see Faker pop up. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. But although, once you realised that, it, I guess it was a bit of a spoiler. And I won't say who I messaged that works on the show, but I messaged that individual and I said... Is this Faker? And I said, "Don't tell me." But also, I'm right, aren't I? And they just replied with a, um, a kind of, "There's a smiley face, kind of looking almost like a, uh, I don't know, a saucy smiley face." Like, hmm. I was like, "Yep, that's Faker." Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like he plays a vital role. He gets, I mean, he plays an initial role, but then clearly gets blown up. But that it also, not to get into a whole geek out thing, but it did remind me of the fact that I think in the early something or the other. I remember hearing mention of the shaping staff, and I thought, huh, because one of the uh, kind of famous lines at the end of the the episode, the shaping staff, the Skeletor says, when I get the shaping staff, I'll restore evil in and Faker. So you think, oh, maybe in this Revelation series, he's got the shaping staff briefly, restores Faker, and steals our thunder. (laughs)
0: Well, here's the deal. Even though he's exploded, potentially, from what we've seen, I have a feeling that Faker will return Oh, I think by he us. Will. Yeah, I, I think, think he will, will yeah. too. Let's play the trailer for everybody that might not yes. have seen it, and we'll see what other reactions we have from it, just chatting back and forth and let everybody go on. This should work. We'll find out. Time after time, you try to take this castle, but you will never succeed, Skeletor. Call your champion.
1: I saw some people criticizing
0: the use of I Need I was like, perfect choice. Yeah, I don't mind the song. I mean, it's not that silly compared to like what they're talking about. Oh. It's a classic 80s track. So coming few, to Netflix. Oh,
1: oh, just
0: Netflix. <laughs> no, I, I saw a few
1: people saying, like, oh, is that going to be the theme song? It's like, no, they're not going to have Bonnie Tyler in every episode. It, it was just clearly for the trailer. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a, a almost like a call to action, it's a, it's an anthem. Um,
0: yeah. that's
1: one eighties and two, I think, quite appropriate, but yeah. um. Yeah, the the, the thing that people seem to be going to... And I get it, because I I wasn't... I'm not going to say fooled, because that's too harsh a word. But I know, looking at what we've seen already uh, um, that came out in terms of um, uh, promotion, is that by episode three, we see those... You know, that new Teela, that new evil inn, that new Orco, Those designs pop up by episode three. So everything we see, all the action, all the battle, all the classic looks... Uh, clearly, from first episode and a half, maybe two episodes at most. Yeah. So it is. There is. Uh, people are saying, "Oh, it's a bait and switch," and I get that because because a trailer is. But but then what? The, the thing I keep coming back to is, what is a trailer supposed to do? It's supposed to draw you in. So in other words, like I can't imagine a trailer where just two characters are sitting there talking, and it's like, oh, but this is He Man and Marcius, by the way. Or you you need to pull people in. That the job of a trailer. You know, I mean, unfortunately we saw it with the Batman-Superman film, which I personally didn't like, but that trailer, they did a trailer where they they basically showed the three-act structure. So you're like, oh, I can kind of see where this goes. And it really, for me, spoiled the movie. It's like, Batman meets Superman, they team up, Wonder Woman shows up, they fight Doomsday. It's like, oh, I wonder if Superman's going to die. Spoiler, he dies. Um, So, yeah, it's just... um, just no! No! Martha! Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was kind of weird in that sense. Uh, it, I, I get why people are slightly wary and don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know I what? I,
0: they... I haven't seen any of that. All I have seen is nothing but super positive reaction. Maybe the minutia, the 1% people are, are, are questioning it, not crapping on it, but going, no, what's going to happen here. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And you know what, as a filmmaker, if the trailer's drawing you in enough to ask the question, and toy with it in your imagination yeah. kind of a pun Doesn't then it's go. done its job it's it's exactly it's exactly doing what it should do uh the song is meant to pump you up just like you said you know it's, it's a device a tool to hook you into the world to bring you back to the 80s that classic footloose track uh it's it's fun this is the fun serious masters of the universe that adult fans have been looking for they said from the beginning this is fan service uh, from one-on-one from the beginning we're not trying to do anything else it's not a bait and switch we're trying to appease you show you the characters and the toys and the places that you love again but kind of expand on the story and, and have a culmination a, a true finishing well that's uh, the there thing. was a... I, I, i'm looking yeah.
1: for my, my my thing is i can imagine like lee, lee clevenger um obviously and i
0: chat quite a bit
1: but obviously we chatted a lot yesterday and he's always had this theory for the series but looking at that trailer he said he believes that what you'll kind of get initially is almost like a classic, because what you're doing is bringing people up to speed. So he believes you'll get a classic, maybe, attack on the Royal Palace, which is where you see Prince Adam transforming He-Man, maybe a fight on the Fertile Plains Evergreen Forest, whatever you want to call it. And that's where you see Skeletor and He-Man duelling, and Skeletor with a giant fist or whatever. And then it culminates in some sort of battle at Castle Grayskull. And then whatever the cataclysmic event that happens there is, maybe that's from episode two, who knows, but that's the knock-on effect, um, where we see everything change. But my 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 take on it is yeah don't get me wrong I'd love to see all our classic characters throughout. But at the same time it's like that trailer proved to me that visually we're in the right direction. You know, it's not I was worried because you get a lot of those um kind of faux anime anime studios and they put out very subpar kind of animation. They 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 think they're doing anime, but what they're doing is just looking at an anime cartoon going oh that's easy to do just draw big eyes and crazy expressions but the true anime is about staging and direction and timing and all that stuff that you get from having knowledge of japanese animation especially 70s 80s and 90s um and visually and in terms of like i say timing and staging direction everything it was it was fantastic i was like wow look uh, the one thing I could do without, in terms of the animation, was the CG. It's, it's almost like, oh, wow, it feels like it hasn't come... It's jarring. From... Yeah, it's it's the it's what we saw in 2002, which is quite surprising, given that we're nearly yeah. 20 years removed from that show, and it's still like, ah, uh, but I'm hoping that the CG will be kept to a minimum. And I think it will, because it, there's clearly so much character-based animation in this. But like I say, the thing I'm looking forward to most, um, God forbid, is... Once we have this cataclysmic event, whatever it is, is seeing where it goes. It's like, yes. yeah, okay, we're going to get character changes and blah blah blah, and Tila may leave and whatever. But guess what? We may actually get a good story. We may not, we may all go, oh, that was crap or whatever, but we may, we may get a good story. And I hope we do. But you don't I, know that until we sit down
0: yes, uh, and watch and the watch first it. five
1: episodes on July the th- 20, 23rd, whenever it is. Yeah, 23rd. that's 23rd. That's, that's when. You can truly sit there and go, right, judgment's been made. You know, yeah, of course you can give opinions on a trailer or whatever. You can't look at a trailer and go, I've decided I know exactly what this is. It's like, no, we can all speculate. The only people who know what's going on in this are those that worked on it, really. And I highly doubt all of those, like voice actors come and record lines. That doesn't mean they always know where the story's going to go um so yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it and, and guess what like i've said before if i don't like it i won't watch it it's simple as that i you know i've said before about the DreamWorks she-ra um kind of enjoyed the first season but i wasn't in a rush to go back and watch two seasons two three and four and i'm okay with that and maybe at some point i'll watch them. i don't know but to me it's like oh i'm you know i'm no less of a fan for doing that you know you been called a few things but um yeah I uh, I'm, I'm excited by it because it's one it's something new and I'm not talking about like oh it's a new refreshing take because I think the one thing I do worry about um between us Rob and nobody else is the uh is the CG show I worry um that that's going to be such a huge departure um that the one I don't think uh, you know they keep saying it's for kids and that's fair enough but I think one, uh the existing fans will sort of be like so kind of alienated by it to a degree but i also think i worry that it just won't go anywhere because it's trying too much to be something other than he-man and then but then that's a that's a that's a story for another time i feel like sorry we're going off tangent here
0: no this is perfect and you know what this is a point where i completely kind of disagree with you but in that respectful way where i am so excited for the the kids cg show because first of all us hardcore collector fans that grew up with it and that have that continue to live and breathe it and, and push it out there and be the flag bearers. Like you are like, like I'm trying to do with the documentaries. We have revelation and we can sit and talk about whether that, you know, strikes the right chord. This other show, I love that they're trying to take chances. I don't know anything about the story. I don't know anything about the look other than the, some, some of the images we got and the logo treatment. It's a little 2002 ish, but completely like CG animated. And I'm fine with that. Give me variation. Do what you want. If they would have just given us Thundercats Roar without these other options that we're getting to cater to us, then I can understand why the fan base might be alienated. But the fan base really can't be that upset when we have something like Revelation coming down the pipe. I think that makes it easier for them to to let go of any anxiety yeah. that they have over the kids show. The kids show has way more potential to be a bigger hit than Revelation ever will because of that fan base. If it catches on. That's only going to do the brand really good things, and again, we're we're going to be satiated because we have revelation. And I agree yeah, I, with I, you. I, I, no, I think
1: I, I, I agree with that. I think I think the thing I do worry about though is when you take something so far removed from what it was, it's then it becomes a. Like, yeah, but Batman
0: calling? went through that though. Batman went through that with like Batmite and all the sidekicks and Ace and like. Every great brand has to go off the deep end before it can come back. You become Batman 89.
1: Well, the thing I keep telling people know? is like we in 1989, we had the new Adventures of Heyman and I would be utterly fascinated if we'd got the new Adventures of Heyman now, what the outrage would be by it. Because, you know, I still love that series. I still love the new Adventures of Heyman. The way I dealt with that in the early 90s was, you know, initially I was like, what is this? And then I, I was never a fan of that toy line, you know, the the new Adventures of Heyman toy line. but. The the cartoon when I when I in like the early nineties I decided to treat it as like an alternate reality and I, I love that cartoon. There's so many good characters, so many wonderful episodes. Like it's, you know, I'm sure people, maybe like one out of every thousand have watched that cartoon in terms of the fan base. But uh, the New Adventure of E-Man is a bloody good show. It's uh, some of the episodes. I always say like if an episode is so good and makes me go oh, I wish Filmation had done that, then you know it's doing something right. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. And I always tell people, it's like you know, we can we can speculate and do this much like with Revelation. But um, time tells in the end. You know, two years from now, three years from now, will Revelation and the CGI show still be a thing, or will it be a thing of Oh, remember when they did that? Yeah, well, we're not doing anything anymore. So yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, I suppose you've got to try. You've got to try things. You know, they they tried. I keep telling people. I'm quite fascinated by the fact that when you think about the 2002 relaunch, what was that supposed to do, bring in a new generation of fans? I don't think I know anyone in our communication, our fan base, the Facebook groups, the social media, whatever, who has actually said the 2002 show is where I discovered He-Man. Because everybody that was watching and buying and collecting and worshipping the 2002 show and uh, sorry franchise was everybody that had grown up in the 1980s that now had a disposable income so mattel's initial attempt to relaunch the brand in 2002 failed at at that level and don't get me wrong it's like i you only want success for the brand like if the cg show becomes successful i know for a fact from having spoken to certain people that has a knock-on effect where they will look to their legacy brands, as they like to call them. And they may do stuff with something filmation related. They may do stuff with some Alcala stuff. They may do Mark Tech's era mini comics or, or you know, I mean, in terms of celebrating the history of He-Man if the the future is a success, if that makes sense. But yeah, I um, yeah, we want is success with the brand. And yeah, it, don't get me wrong, it is a shame when you see something like the CG. It's like, wow, what's this got to do with He-Man? But if it, if it brings in a new audience and then they hopefully look back at the past, I mean, it didn't work with She-Ra, though, from what I know. is like you got you brought in a, a group, uh, sorry, a, a large fan base for the, the new She-Ra show, who, when that show ended, just kind of quickly, just as quickly vanished. We, you know, that was kind of one of the, the problems with PowerCon. We were hoping, I say we, Val, Val and everybody involved was hoping that uh, PowerCon would bring in that whole new generation of fans, and it, it just really didn't. It kind of if anything, you saw that separation of we're the, we're the new Shira fans and you were the old people. It's like, yeah, I guess we are. I guess we are the old people. But um, yeah, not with you know, you, you can be cynical and discuss this as, until we're blue in the face, but the fact is success only breeds success, so if, if it works then, imagine if the CGI show, like, is so successful that everyone's like, uh, you know, the official licensees and companies are just like, yeah, let's make this return a faker thing, an official thing, because the CGI's cartoon's stands so well. It's like, yay, CGI cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, you, you never know. It's um I think it's it's you look at it as oh, I want I, I'd like these certain things for the brand, but at the same time, um, yeah, you just you just want it to be successful at the end of the day because anything He Man is better than nothing, He-Man and She-Ra,
0: I should say, as well. So, I agree. And and I think to your point, I, I, I agree with you that episode one, the first 15 minutes, I, I think it is the attack on Skull that we've all been waiting to see where Skeletor actually wins. We saw the action figure of Skelegod, so we know that Skeletor will get the power of Skull at some yeah. point. And I think it's a good mirror, like a parody of the 2002 opening episode uh, with Skeletor's attack on the on the Great Hall, but this yeah, time I mean, he's actually I mean, successful. I mean, yeah. And remember, these looks have to change and the characters have to change because this isn't a single episode that lives onto itself oh, no, this within is, the mythos. This is an arc. Yeah. So oh, within an arc, it yeah. has to have transformation, which has always been integral to He-Man. I have the power. It's that transformational thing. Uh, and y- these characters will change and they will go off and become something different throughout the series. And like you said, bring it, bring it on. You, you're grounding it in the things that we love clearly with this trailer. I, I, I give you the latitude to now go forth and, and allow these these characters to have experience and and fully arc at this point.
1: I, th- I think the thing that I was quite surprised about the most of all in the trailer is like I'm such a stickler for that transformation sequence.
0: Yeah. And
1: the new adventures of He-Man was okay, but it didn't get it right. Um, unless you look at there was like an alternate version that kind of got it right. But yeah, the New Adventures of He-Man transformation sequence wasn't very good. Um, the 2002 started strong, but they started playing around with it too much. And I've always said the transformation sequence really, in its essence, needs to be four shots. Prince Adam holds up the sword. Prince Adam turns into He-Man. He-Man says I have the power. cringes to Battle Cat. That's literally all it needs to be. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Um, and my problem with 2002 was at times you would get like, holds up the sword, the clouds, the sword does, does this, more clouds, lightning, does this, look over there, this, there, And then it got into those seasons where the thing would just hit his chest and, and the scraps would go. And it's like, what is it? And the muscles would grow. and you see different shots. There's so at times it's like 15 shots for one transformation. So it like, yeah, that is you built here. up. Yeah. yeah. I, I get what they're trying to do, like show all the power and going into it. But it's like, look, in 1983, this... Filmation Company did it so perfectly and showed you why that is so iconic it's not just the phrase I have the power it's that transformation that just does that you're like oh my god what i was surprised about about the um, the transformation we saw in the uh, in the new in the revelation show I, I was surprised one how much I liked it because you know you get that initial bowl and it's like okay that's cool but I love that shot of Prince Adam doing that, and you said those like you see that kind of ethereal guy, and everybody's going, "Oh, it's rainbow," it's like yeah, groovy, whatever. But you get there's like this weird kind of ethereal golden like lights are shining on him. Then he does the it's the way his body moves. It's I mean it, it helps that the animation is so good. In the hands of maybe another studio, it looked look pretty crap. But I love the bit where the armor kind of hits him and he he's all blue and stuff. I I, th- I thought it looked great. I was like, wow. And, I'm such a stickler for the original transformation that whenever anybody does it, I'm like, yeah, that's all right. But this was, I thought, wow, they've. I I feel like they've nailed the power part of it and it doesn't look like it's going to be a load of shots. It's going to be pretty.
0: I question where that power harness comes from. Where does the power vest come from? There's nothing I hate more than sudden appearance of items. Like when characters reach behind their back and now here's the thing that they need or you know, this, this deus ex machina, if it's over here, it suddenly forms or like transformers where you have this giant truck. That's a, that's a huge thing. And, it, and then all that mass gets squished down into a cube. So I wonder, I want to know what the rationale behind all this stuff is if they actually try to explain it, if there's an evolution of He-Man where the power harness gets dropped and something new comes in as the character evolves through the 10 episodes. I'm really curious to see what's going on there. Uh, if, Faker raises the sword, and the power harness comes on him in that shot that we saw. And if that's part of it, and that's why he got into into Gray skull I, I just—it's weird to see things appear out of nowhere. The lightning bolt coming down from the heavens—I get it. Not sure about the Power us
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's almost like a just a—you go back to a lot of those transformations from um, uh, Japanese animation studios in the 1980s, like yeah.
0: Barnick, Six, Centurions. Well, look at Mask, famous. right? What's that? Like, look at something like Mask. Things are coming out of like all over the place, and I, mean, I, I get yeah. it. It's just like, hmm, where is this really coming from? Did it just appear? How did it appear? Is it the Is it the like? Did the lightning bolt make this thing appear, or is it is it just cartoon fun? Well, that's, and that's see, okay.
1: That's the other weird thing about like ever since two thousand and two, they seem to the transformation was always you know you go back to the filmation cartoon, the mini comics, everything that came before it. The sword was obviously the conduit for the power of grace, and the power would explode from it. Um, but in in all the like the 2002 introduced the idea of the power of grace go blast you know coming towards the sword and striking at them. so it's it's really interesting that the, this cartoon does the same thing and also that's obviously a thing you know it's a, uh, it's not a lengthy discussion but it is fascinating um not that i i dismissed it for a second but it is amazing how this cartoon would make more sense as a continuation of the mike young show because it feels visually so much like Mike young I um, thank goodness they got rid of the yellow sky because that sky did my head in in the mike young show but i i it's it's incredible like you know the comparisons yeah. at times i i, I don't think it's a bad thing because the mike young show was bloody good visually as well i mean i you know I really like that show I don't I won't profess to watching it frequently I probably haven't watched it in maybe nearly 10 years now since we, we worked on the DVds but it was um, it was a good show, um, yeah. So I, I have um, I've, I've got no uh, no problem with those designs, and that was the other thing as well. The H on the chest. When I first saw that, I think we saw it on um, like a toy, didn't we? It was like the first yeah, teaser, yeah. as in the modern like revelations. Oh, they're going with the H or the HM as it were, and I was like, oh, I'm not a fan of that logo. Never was. Saw it in this, and I was like. Oh, it kind of it kind of works. And it's whether yeah. I'm being brainwashed, so be it. I will do what you say. But I, I really um yeah, I, I, I thought oh I'm not I'm not too perplexed by that. I, I quite enjoyed it. So yeah, in terms of what we saw in Revelation, um I'm excited. Uh, yes, I'd love everything to look like we saw in the trailer, but this is going to be a story progression, like a movie. So it's like, oh, I'm interested to see where it goes. And if it doesn't go where I want it to, or if it does something silly, like Orko is revealed to be Horde Prime, then i will be like, yeah, switch off, and that'll be it. I won't go online and be like, this is the worst thing ever seen to man, because I'll be doing Return of Faker. That's what I'll be working on. I'll be doing other things. It's just... I'll yeah. show you guys, yeah, I'll show you how to do it. Um, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I just I, I said before when they announced it was ten episodes, my head kind of I was like, oh man, because and then you see that. It's like, God, I wish it was more than ten episodes just because, hey,
0: if it know. does well, there's always a reason to do stuff, right? If there's demand and there's the numbers behind it, they'll always do it. Sequels are never planned. They just make sense at a certain point because of money. So, who knows? Maybe they will do more. Maybe it will catch on. Maybe those characters will continue to evolve and expand. Before we switch topics, James, I want to know yeah. your favorite moment from the trailer. Your your one favorite shot moment uh, vibe that you got that you want to talk about. Just one thing.
1: I, honestly, I think it was I'm just going through the trailer in my brain. Um, I think it was the transformation because, like I said, it's such a it's such an important part of He-Man to me, uh, Prince Adam, He-Man, all that stuff, that I was so blown away by how much I enjoyed it, which surprised me, given how much I love that filmation, you know, I know that filmation transformation off by heart, Lord knows when we had to recreate it for the return of Faker, um, like I said, I did a spreadsheet to figure out everything that needed to happen, When when you're doing a spreadsheet to time out an animation sequence, you know it's pretty hardcore. So I know, yeah. that, I know that formation transformation sequence in and out. And like, I think I've said to you before, if someone played me an audio of any transformation in those 130 He-Man episodes, or even She-Ra, I'd say, yeah, it's from this episode. I can I can do that. That's that's the obsession, which which is why I was so surprised how much I enjoyed um, what I saw in this one. Where Prince, i kind of arches back, and he's there, and he's all kind of glowing and stuff, and you get the the armor, and I was just like, yep, yep, that's that's okay. That's 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 ticking certain boxes on me. And I think, again, it's the energy. It feels powerful. It feels, and the animation looks good. It, it feels important. He-Man transformations should always feel almost like the pinnacle of a, almost like a, a story point. It's like, here we go. Boom. Now we're going, you know.
0: Yeah. I think my favorite part yeah. was seeing the sorcery come from Skeletor, where he conjures that giant fist through the dimensional I portal. I love that. I thought it was a great gimmick. Because, like we hear all this all this time that Skeletor is a sorcerer, yet we really don't see too much magic at play. We see him sword fighting and dueling and using his havoc staff—really physical stuff. But we don't get to see a lot of his magic at work. And so, no, and, to see and, and, such a grand gesture yeah. was great.
1: No, in the formation show, like a lot of Skeletor's magic was like laser blasts or sleeping gas from his hands and
0: certain things like that, or and, teleportation, and, 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 or yeah, yeah, yeah
1: and, and it was effective as hell. But to see something. I think that was that was the thing that made me. I smiled that bit because it was just like such a creative element. It's like, yeah, just uh, I'm going to do this, and then there's a giant face. I just thought I, I thought it was um, a very cute idea. But yeah, I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. And like I say, if I don't like it, then I won't watch it. similar like as that.
0: And that'll do it for our thoughts on Master's Universe Revelation again, July 23rd on Netflix. This is not a paid advertisement. We are getting nothing from Netflix, but we do appreciate anybody who's trying to make the brand relevant. Uh, which is us as well, because we're talking, of course, about Faking Filmation and the return of Faker, James's unofficial cartoon, as his homage, his love letter to the Filmation uh, studio and the Filmation series, He-Man and the Masters Universe. A lot has happened in the last month. People have been asking, what are you guys you know, working on? When is the documentary going to be out? Is what it going to be doing? out this summer? Yeah. Is, is it coming out before the Netflix show? Um, you guys got the money, so it's done. When do I get my DVD? Uh, It's going to take a while folks. Sorry. Filmmaking takes a while on my side of things. It's uh, like I said, I've been playing catch up and getting everything squared away. It's development and research and figuring out what's going to happen and structurally looking more at this point at the history of cartoons. Until I can get next to James in England, which we're crossing our fingers with COVID and Delta variants and whatever all the other stuff is and vaccine rollouts. Uh, We're hoping to get together later this fall, depending on, on some stuff, if not later this fall, first quarter for sure. Uh, we'll start getting together and hammering out James's story and what he's going to try to do and his points and his his legacy, his ten episodes of of uh, of action that that are going to happen. But right now, I'm really focusing on the filmation side and all the stuff that they're known for. Specifically, how to tackle that whole timeline without it being so linear. I, I'm finding so many parallels between Luchaimer's story and and what James is going through. It's awesome but I'm also seeing different movements and different trends that we're seeing in cartoons overall, plus what Filmation is doing at the time, that it's going to be a real fun puzzle to piece together. Like when people think of Filmation, they think of a lot of different things. They think of, you know, He-Man and She-Ra, Brave Star, Ghostbusters and Black Star, kind of like the, the late seventies, early eighties to, to the end of the eighties type stuff. But for a whole other people, they think like Star Trek or they think of Gilligan's Island or the Brady kids, or My my Favorite Martian, which are all basically animated versions of live action shows. So that's a whole nother topic to look at. And then some people think of, well, you mentioned the Brady kids, but then there's also the Archies and Sugar Sugar. And then you have the Hardy Boys as well. And there's the whole music section that Filmation is known for. These musical driven band shows where they had gold records selling over 600,000 copies for the singles of these, you know, bands that didn't exist, but got radio airplay. And then of course there's the DC heroes that allowed yeah. them to really start creating stuff as well. And they did stuff. And then there's stuff like groovy ghoulies where they got to use the Warner brother characters that kind of fits in the band side of things. Cause the groovy ghoulies were a band, but it's also a little bit like, uh, there's a tie into some of their live action stuff that they did with like ISIS and Shazam. And of course, Ghostbusters too. Uh, and groovy ghoulies had their own thing. So there's all these little pockets that people know, and that's probably how we're gonna start talking about Filmation's impact on Saturday morning in, in the animation industry, because they got to do a whole bunch of different things. And they were really the first to do so many, championing racial diversity, cha- uh, championing different kinds of characters. The moral messages, of course, is another thing that always comes up, being pro-social, uh, making sure that there's, there's worth of, of education and entertainment you know, intertwined in there. Uh, all the people that Lou and, and the guys at Filmation got to work with to bring all this stuff off the ground. It's, it's a mountain of information. And, and every time I keep going back and digging deeper, it's like, oh, here's another tangent. And the spider web gets drawn off. And how is all these little bits going to relate to what James is doing? So th- that's the fun journey that I've had the last couple of weeks as things have been catching up and we start to develop these, these, these ideas out further. And eventually, you know, plan to commit them to tape through interviews, through visuals and uh, commentary. So that's what I've been doing. I've been uh, busy, other, busy, busy. Yeah, the other thing that, of course, James, that we launched was our kind of our, our slacker backer campaign, our, our catch-up opportunity. Because, of course, the second we ended the Kickstarter, or the, yes. when Kickstarter ended, my messages started to go off, my email started to go off, your phone was blowing up. Hey, I didn't realize that faking filmation was ending. How how can I get a copy of, of the movie? When When can I get this? And it's like, okay, well... Yeah. We've we've promoted it for 32 days. Um, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's kind of one and done. It's over. It's all or nothing in those 32 days. And then James had been, you've been getting a number, like probably a couple dozen, three dozen or so people reaching out to you so much that you couldn't have the list memorized in your head. And the people reaching out to me started growing and growing and growing. And I thought, well, what if we offer offer an opportunity on Indiegogo, which I think was your idea as just basically like a, a sister site for crowdfunding. Uh, for a way for people to get involved. And I thought, well, I don't want to offer the same things because that's not fair to our backers. who no, took no. the chance to, to pledge the money. And I certainly don't want to reward people that came in you know, later, but I also don't want to hold them back if additional funds come in and can make the film better because cool. I think that's what everybody wants. So I said, let's do three items. Let's do the digital package, the DVD, and then the single disc Blu-ray, but we'll add a few dollars Uh, on the cost because you were a little late to the party but you still get a chance to be a part of it and it's really important especially I mean 25 bucks for the digital copy you get all the bonus features and stuff that are coming to and this is like your guaranteed chance to get all the additional like extended interviews the mini documentary that we're doing and I'll talk about that in a second as well as of course the return of faker and how we're presenting it with the process and whatnot. That stuff won't be available anywhere else. We will sell the film, Faking Filmation for distribution. Hopefully, you'll be able to see it on all your favorite streaming sites and broadcast destinations. But you won't get to see that bonus material elsewhere the way that we're doing it, at least. This is your last chance. And so far, we have about $2,000 more added to what we're trying to do, which is great because we lost a little bit of money with pledges that got canceled because of insufficient funds. And, of course, Kickstarter takes their 10% as well. So it was a, it was, it's actually been a pretty good thing. And it's an in-demand campaign on Indiegogo, meaning those three tiers, the digital package, the DVD, and the Blu-ray, they're going to be up there kind of indefinitely until we flick the switch. And right now, I'm thinking it'll probably be after PowerCon this year that we flick the switch, probably like the week after to give everybody a chance to get back home, and then boom, that's it. So that gives everybody like three months. We're not promoting it like crazy. We're telling people where it is kind of casually here and there that is legitimately your last chance to get all the extra bonus goodies as well as a physical copy of Faking Filmation. Uh so if you want to do it, Indiegogo, search Faking Filmation, you'll see it there, join the party. We appreciate everybody that's come. I think we have almost 30 new backers. Uh, I'd love to see 100 backers on it just just to make it make sure and to tell us that it was, you know, worth our effort to do it, but it's whatever comes in is really really fantastic.
1: Yeah, I was, was going to say I saw I saw the um like, I went to the campaign, I think it was middle of last week, middle of this, middle of this week. And uh, I was like, bloody hell, it was, yeah, something like 28 or 30 new backers. So, like, wow, that's that's amazing. And and even then, we haven't promoted it nearly as much as we did with the previous campaign. So you think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe do another promotion next week or something. You know, maybe another five or six people will come in and maybe, you know, all it takes is that one key bit of promotion where, You know, maybe Kevin Smith decides, "Hey, that you've seen these guys doing this unofficial cartoon, it's great." You know, and um, and then we all go, "Hurrah!" I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be nice,
0: wouldn't it? It would be lovely if Mr. Smith decided to grace us with his uh, promotion. Since we've shown his show some love, maybe he can show our thing some love. Uh, We did talk about that stretch goal. We had a survey go out to all our backers on Kickstarter. Uh, Because we unlocked this mini documentary, this 22 minute kind of short documentary that would be uh, either something completely different, something related to what was going to go on within uh, the documentary itself, an expanded section or something. We did a survey and overwhelmingly about almost 50 percent, I think it was like 47 percent of people that responded. Do I know the answer to this? I don't know. Probably is not, it- because I, I posted it in a Kickstarter update, and since you're not a backer, you didn't see the answer.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. What is it, Dino Riders documentary?
0: Oh, yes. Dino,
1: yes, Dino Riders.
0: It was between Dino Riders and GoBots, and Dino oh. Riders just edged out a little bit more than GoBots. Sorry, It's it, it didn't happen again. GoBots, once again, left in the shade to, to something else. No, actually, surprisingly, but thankfully... People just wanted it in a, an expanded section of what the film is going to be. Oh,
1: okay. so that's
0: right. if there's if there's a certain aspect to it, whether it's say maybe a longer look at Lou Scheimer or filmation or Brave Star or uh, more on you, James. That's what they want to see, rather than you know Care Bears or GI Joe: A Real American Hero or the Archie's cartoon show or yeah, something okay. else. They they want something that's going to be in the doc, but, but a longer look at it, which from my point of view makes the task that much easier because easier, when we, yeah. cut, the, when we <laughs> cut the rough version of this, it's going to be like three to four hours. So it'll be like, okay, here you go. We go. We'll just put that to the <laughs> side. And thank you. <laughs> Drag and drop. There we go. Boink. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll cut and polish it and, and store it and do all that. But honestly, like, the nice thing is, it gives me more flexibility and options. So as I see things coming and I start feeling the, the the death the death of a thousand cuts, we're like, oh, I really like this section. I don't want it to lose. I can say, ah, we'll put this piece in the fridge for later and we'll enjoy <laughs> it at nighttime. So you don't have to worry about it that much. But that that's what happened with that. So about four hundred and fifty or so people of the twelve hundred backers on Kickstarter responded, which is a huge number awesome. for Thank surveys. You Thank you. Um, Awesome. So thank you so much. But I think the main reason people are here is to see something that you've brought along for show and tell today, James. What what have you been doing and, sure and what tell. are you showing?
1: Okay, so today is on show and tell. No, I've, um, yeah, so as I've said, we, uh, since the campaign ended, on and off, been working on the nine new minutes of material for the return of Faker. This is kind of annoying for those that actually, obviously, which is, Everyone who hasn't seen the return of Fake is like, oh, this will go here. But um, yeah, this is a scene, one of like so. Thus far, I think I've storyboarded three uh, new scenes. So I've, I think I've, I may have said publicly the 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 scene um, the first scene I storyboarded is something before the introduction sequence to make it feel like you know now it's going to be forty minutes. You want to kind of give it that special vibe. But once I, the Christmas special and the greatest adventures of all have that pre-introduction sequence scene so i thought this brilliant dare i say brilliant idea to open up the return of faker before we get the introduction sequence um that's not what i'm going to show you because that is one of my favorite this post original return of faker decisions i've made where i come up with this idea for a scene it was, it was a combination between myself doosan and lee clevenger we were like, I always have discussions with both of them. Both will come were coming up with ideas. So, ah, yeah, we can do this. This scene is going to come out. And it's like a minute and a half, maybe nearly two minutes. And it's such a great opening scene. But I wanted to expand the, the fight between He-Man and Faker as well. So, um, yeah, the, the scene I, I've i sent you and that you we will shortly be watching is roughly about 30 seconds long, but it just shows you, and it's very rough because it's just my storyboards, which are a mixture of, my very rough storyboard drawings, I'm sorry, very rough drawings and also um, some sequences of animation. Cause there's some, you'll see some line art looks really polished and that's because their existing stock we've already created.
0: So, it's just so you track. didn't get, you didn't get powerhouse animation to do this.
1: No, they were busy doing, they were oh, doing okay. something else, I, think. I forget. But um, okay. yeah, I mean, in fairness, we are powerhouse. Cause there's like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Imagine that we are. Powerhouse. You heard uh, it, it here sensitive. folks. We're, it no, we're, a true, all. we're a true powerhouse ourselves, because uh, the little studio that could—that's a pretty—that's what we should call Same As Productions, the little studio that could. But yeah, um, so what it is—you've got this scene between He-Man and Faker. So this takes place. We, you know, we'd already finished The Return of Faker a few years back. We had finished He-Man versus Faker, but they're having fights and stuff. And then I thought I'd like to expand it, so I, put, I suggested this scene to do so. And I did the storyboard. I sent it to him. And he's like, yeah, great. Just tweak that, tweak this. So this is, I'd say, ninety-five percent what you will end up seeing, with lots of special effects, lots of really cool shading and stuff. Um, but this is it in its rawest storyboard form, where, yeah, uh, I, I guess, yeah, the the return of Faker bonus fight scene between He Man and Faker.
0: All right, here we go, folks. Put them
1: The power of Gray Skull. Hooray! Right. So that's the little scene. So the, uh, the idea, so the, the so idea, oh, good. Of, so yeah, take that.
0: Uh, revelation man. <laughs> yeah, so, just okay you're you're gonna go down the, the, the rabbit hole of explaining this can i just have like 10 seconds to say how awesome that is and how quickly i forgot that i was watching a storyboard because the music the sound effects the dialogue it brought me right in i i mean i've seen the return of faker seen it. and if even if what you were doing was just storyboards like that I think you could still tell the story and fans would still be like, oh my God, that's the He-Man I grew up with. Like that is like the Pixel Dan line. That is He-Man, right? Like yeah, I oh, still yeah, get yeah. that vibe watching this.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, no. I totally understand. It's like when, you know, when when we did the storyboard all those years ago, or we were storyboarding as we were doing it, um, I showed it to a friend and yeah, she absolutely loved it and was, was getting emotional just looking at the storyboard. This was like no finished animation, just storyboards. But she just felt the emotion, the connection, the familiar music, the dialogue, the the, the sound effects, everything. But, um, yeah, with the scene, because we'd... So the, the, the shot where Faker picks up the power sword, Doosan had randomly animated that when he created that, the Faker stock of Faker walking in the shot, looking, and then Faker walking, talking as well, and then walking out of shot. But he'd created this like little sequence where Faker holds the sword of power, and I think he just did it, you know, just randomly. But it's something we never used, and I thought... We've got that, so why don't we kind of bring them to the story? And I, I love the idea because in the original fight scene, uh, this is kind of kind of spoilers. He Man fights Faker, but there's no real Faker doesn't. There's no interaction with the sword, and so I thought, wouldn't it be great if like Faker grabs the sword, you know, to show his strength? It's like, oh, he's got the sword, cool. He Man calls upon the power of Grozko, which we've seen in um, Orko's missing magic was the episode where he does that. He can call upon the power of Grozko and it will strike the sword you know, in anybody's hand. It doesn't mean they've got the power of Grayskull, it means they've been, like, shocked. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if, like, Faker's been bombarded with the power of Grayskull, and it's really intense, and, like, I know Doosan, when, when I kind of storyboarded this, it's almost like you feel like ha- adding a note saying, have a field take, Doosan, because, you know, given the special effects and the return of Faker that he already did for the 31-minute the version, um, he creates so many of those special effects just himself. I was like, oh, we need this, and he's like, yeah, and he'll just start sketching, it's like how are you making this look like 1980s special effects? I mean that as a compliment, because those filmation effects from 1980s were fantastic. And he created this stuff. So you'll have Faker being bombarded by the power of greyskull. We want to do a shot as well, which we didn't include there, where you see Faker's legs buckling as well. So it'll kind of show that he's kind of being worn down. And then that shot where he opens his eyes, he mans like, oh, crap. This guy's been bombarded by the power of greyskull and he's still holding my sword. And if you notice, the, um, the, there's like a, a rise in pitch of, of a noise, like almost, it's, sort of, it's the dimensional gate noise when, when they create a dimensional gate, or sorry, a transport noise from Star Trek, where it gets higher and higher in pitch. And I thought that's like almost lends to Faker's you know, uniqueness, his roboticness of just this eerie noise building and building, and then at some point he has to release the sword because he can't take anymore. But I love that moment where he's able to hold the sword of power being bombarded by the power of Grayskull and he's like, "Yeah," and and then it just becomes too much. So it was, it was just a, a, an idea of g- giving that nice visual of Faker holding the sword of power. But then, guess what? It's gonna there's going to be an action scene involved. So yeah, it's um, it's I can't wait to see that fully animated um, when Dusan and Andrew Crane get on the colors, and yeah, it will come together quite nicely. But it will add to that fight and just yeah, I think take that fight to the next level and. I showed you, uh, I think I showed you recently, I, I completed another scene in grid yeah. form that's, that's two minutes, which was amazing. And it it's, um, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I won't spoil what it is, but yeah, it was, it was a scene I really wanted to do um, oh, 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 as I, when I came up with the new ideas for scenes. And I thought, oh my God, I could bring that character in. And then but how do I get rid of that character just as quickly, but also give them a reason to be there and look cool? and I came up with this scene and I, I sent it to Doosan and it's probably the most positive he's ever been with a storybook. because it always come back with like, Oh, change this, change that, maybe do this, tweak that. And he just came back, and said, remove that like piece of dialogue and it's perfect. And I was like, wow. And yeah, it's, um, again, it's going to be such a fun scene to animate. Um, you know, bless Doosan. He's, you know, tracing the character in this two minute scene isn't going to be the easiest, but it will be, um, yeah, utterly worth it. And it's it's so exciting working on The Return of Faker because it feels, you know, we finished it in 2019, in July, June, July, or maybe even August of 2019. And you come back to it nearly two years later. It's I, I, I know Doosan was quite hesitant because it's like, oh, because there is so much work involved for him. But I was really like, oh, it feels like, you know, meeting up with an old friend and, hey, remember that time we did this? And it's, there's something almost, I don't want to say therapeutic, but it's, it's, well maybe it is to a degree because we were so despondent when the season desist happened like you can't do anything with this never show it never put it online blah 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 doing this kind of reminds us why we did it in the first place it's all for the love we're not doing this going how ha, ha, money it's just like yeah this is um this is great it's it's we're we're bringing something together making it 40 minutes and in conjunction with the documentary fake information it's going to be it, it feels even more um, important, more um, epic. And like I say, you hit that four minute mark and it's like, we just created a special technically. So yeah.
0: What I love, and I'm gonna compare and contrast for everybody that was at the PowerCon 2019 presentation with Kevin Smith talking about making revelation mm-hmm. and powerhouse told him, Don't worry about writing, you know, what happens in this in the script for when you know the fight scenes happen. Just write fighty fighty, smashy, smashy. <laughs> It's a lot different than how you've described the scene right there, James. You actually kind of did a little bit more than fighty, fighty, smashy, smashy, it would seem. So it, it's really cool to hear your behind-the-scenes kind of approach to why things are happening. And when we kind of prepare the the, the full 40-minute cartoon to probably do an audio commentary track for people to hear what you're thinking as you watch it through, in addition to the other little blurbs that pop up, that's some of the stuff that, that truly makes... Uh, what we're doing, unique and special. I want to wrap up our, our chat today. We did have some comments and some questions in, in the chat. If you've got one, throw it out there now. One that has come up more than once, James, is are you, James and Rob, going to PowerCon this year, September 11th and 12th uh, in Anaheim?
1: Rob's looking deep into my soul there. Um, I wasn't, and I, I'd like to say I'm not, but Val, Staples, um can be convincing he hasn't bullied me or anything like that and it's like oh I and the other thing is I'll be double vaccinated by then I'd like to leave the country for the first time in two years um so I'm I'm not 100% sure I'm umming and I'm ahring um but like I know so many of my friends that are going and uh, there's, there's certain things I can't say publicly but it's like yeah I'd, I'd really like to go um because I think this is going to be a special power con um but yeah what is the jury's still out i think
0: i'll know in the next month or so
1: yeah it's just because i really i just you're killing
0: me you're (laughs) killing me because i I, cannot go because of my vaccine rollout in canada is it's poor i can't believe that four months between shots they're doing they're trying to speed it up a little bit but even even if i got my second dose my my crew which is a little bit younger than me at least my one camera guy dave that i always use his second shot isn't until scheduled until like two weeks after power con. And they're saying you got to wait two weeks after your second shot for immunity and stuff like that. And, you know, full disclosure, I have a, my son has an autoimmune disease. So I have to be like super careful. We are like the 1% extra cautious, you know, even when my wife and I are going to be vaccinated, our kids don't have shots yet. My son's six years old. They don't have anything for kids like that. So we could bring something in. Um, so if I go anywhere, it's like I have to quarantine get rapid testing before I can come back into the house. It, it's, it's, it's a lot to manage. So if you go to PowerCon, you can't talk about He-Man at all. That that's the rule that I'm well, giving you.
1: The thing I was thinking, I, I don't know if I said this to Val was, was like, I said, if I do come to PowerCon this year, I probably wouldn't get a table. I'd just be there as like someone walking around and, and chatting rather than for the so for the first time I wouldn't have a table. I wouldn't have a, a meeting point, And I'd just be like, Oh, well, let me go and take in panels. Let me go and take in PowerCon rather than, being at my table going, hi, nice to meet you. Sign a book or whatever. Um, this time it'll be, you know, if I can like
0: I say. It's, it's, it's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: I think I'll know in the next um, month
0: or so. No talking about Return of Faker because we can't have any development that isn't caught on camera. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> the, the it's killing like, me.
1: Ke- me and Kevin Smith are in the green room and he goes, yeah, I think I'm going to give you a million dollars to make your dream happen, kid. I'm like, cheers, Kevin oh, Smith.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we don't have any other questions. It looks like everybody is is showering that yeah, that storyboard that you showed with, with praise or like, that is He-Man. Love the way that comes together. Oh, that gives me all the feels. Um, it does. And people are so, Dusan is saying now Return of Faker is totally a direct sequel to Revelation. That's awesome. I'm glad you're watching, Dusan. I'm, I love your support. Every time you're so positive about stuff, I get excited and sunshine beams from you on a daily basis, my friend. So it, it's great to see that radiate to this live stream. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. Of course, thanks to my good friend, James talk, who I will bar from going to PowerCon yeah. without my attendance. <laughs> uh, I understand you got to get out. You're a caged rat and all that too. So we will definitely be at PowerCon the year after for sure. 2022, yeah. that, that, uh, that will happen for sure. Um, I won't be going this year, uh, 99% no. But like you said, Val Staples is creative. So who knows what, what happens? So thank you all. James, any last words?
1: Um, no, just thank you again for all the support that was shown to fake information or the love for the, the documentary <clears throat> excuse me, the return of Faker and yeah, here's to the future of E-Man, whatever that may be
0: cool, well thanks for everybody and again if you want to get in on fake information hit up Indiegogo, we've got a couple backers since we did this live stream so that's awesome to have you part of the hey. party, we will see you guys next time, cheers, thank you